from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely artful, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? remember when I was about to be a senior in high school and I had just finished treatment for childhood leukemia, which everyone I'm totally fine now, but I just finished my treatment and I had like an end of chemo party for a bunch of people in my grade. It was at our house, a lot in our backyard, and uh, we had like a very special performance. Yeah, I, I got together a couple of my buddies. I believe it was Michael Gableman on drums Maybe Lee Rollins on bass. Okay. And uh, right. we were just a power trio and we just played a bunch of music in the backyard, very loud, like full, full drum kit. And I can't remember what we played, but I would imagine like probably Misfits covers or something. <laughs> yeah. I think my friends thought it was very cool. Yeah. I think we jammed a little bit. There's probably some slap bass involved. And then at a certain point, the cops came. Yes. <laughs> the cops came. They thought that we were having like a, I guess it was lightly maybe a noise thing, but also 
like they thought we were having like an underage party. And so they were like going through the garbage and stuff looking for beer cans. Which which is probably a fair <laughs> assumption with most high school kids having a loud party. There probably would be alcohol. Right, right. Fair. But we were just, we were just, our parents were there. We were just jamming to music really loud, probably so loud that you couldn't really talk to each other. Right. But, I, you know, I do feel like the cops must have felt so badly because it was like once we told them that it was my end of chemo party and they were like trying to break it up and like catch us for like underage drinking and stuff, they probably felt kind of like jerks. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they pr- I don't remember. I just remember them being there looking around. But I, I, yeah, I don't remember anyone getting into trouble or anything. Well, they they probably feel like crap now. Yeah, probably they should. I feel like that was just one of those things where like when you're in high school, you're like looking f- and our guest today, I'm sure will will understand this too. Like you look for like any exclu- excuse to play music live. So you're like any gig or anything. You're like, oh, you're having an end of your chemotherapy party. Like my band should definitely play. <laughs> like that's a gig for us. Well, I also feel like as your little sister, I was like, awesome. Jonah and his friends are going to play cool music in the background. And like now thinking back, I bet like a bunch of my friends that were there were like, what is this music? Probably. <laughs> but they probably also enjoyed it and thought it was cool, just like me. Yeah. Well, that is a, is a great memory. And um, <laughs> I think it really segues well into who today's guest is. Vanessa, do you want to introduce today's amazing guest? Yeah. Speaking of cool people, our next guest is not only a dear friend, he's a comedian, he's a musician, he's an actor, he's a writer, and he's honestly an icon who you may know from shows like, oh, I don't know, Portlandia, Forever, Documentary Now, Los the Spookies, Saturday Night Live, or all of the incredible bands he's been in, such as Trenchmouth, or all of the incredible bands who ask him to play with them. Too many to name. Please welcome our friend Fred Armisen. Hi. Hey, Fred. Hey, Fred. That was really funny, uh, what you were just talking about. I feel like all over the country, I bet you like that was just like a daily thing, a nightly thing. Like any bit of music that's going on, you know, they, they assume that it's a party. And it's probably, <laughs> I actually think it's probably fun for them. Like they're, they're sort of like, this is easy. They're, I don't think they're, they're like out to get anybody. They're just like, right. this is just like the, you know, what it's like being out in the suburbs. Yeah. Do you remember having a lot of band practices kind of growing up or even with trench mouth where you would get busted noise stuff or not so much we never we never had a, a noise thing but i do remember there, there were just a lot of for any reason at all having a show yeah. where no one even asks you to no one was like oh we really need a band you're just like hey we should play and we would play like or just me and my friends would play like um, the balcony behind my house for no reason <laughs> You know, uh, <laughs> or like at some, uh, I remember at, when I moved to Chicago at the, um, the art school there, bands would just play for no reason in any party. Yeah. But like who, who I, but going to a party, it's like, do you ever want to really hear a band? It's, you know, what are they playing? <laughs> right. Right. It's just like everybody testing out there, like showing what they can do on their instrument. <laughs> yes. That's kind of what it is. Or just showing that they could like bring drums somewhere and set them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did did either of you guys ever do like a battle of the bands type of thing? Oh, wow. I don't think so. I never did. You never did. I actually have kind of a good story. I actually did do a battle of the bands at my school and oh no, it was a talent show. We did a talent show. We um we auditioned with the Offspring song Self-Esteem? I think Self-Esteem. I think so. But anyway, we played and our singer started a mosh pit and then spit into the audience. 
And it was this big controversy. And our principal said, we're never going to have another talent show again because of your performance. And he said it in this way that he thought like that was going to be like, we were going to feel really bad, but we thought it was like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> we were like, we ended the whole talent show for everyone. This is like the punkest thing ever. And then he didn't really end it. He just said kids from other schools can participate because my band was with a bunch of different guys. But uh, but yeah, that was my only experience. So we not only lost, but we almost ended the entire contest. Jonah, what grade was that in? That was in probably like eighth or ninth grade. And what was the name of that band? That band was called Plug. Plug. Oh, I don't remember Plug. Yeah, it was like my very first band. It was my first band. I was probably like 15, 16. Who was the principal? It was the high school principal? Mr. Hannigan or something? Or Hagar or something like that? Mr. Hegner was... Hegner. Middle school. So maybe this was middle school. I remember Mr. Hegner being really pissed. It, then, then Jonah, I hate to break it to you. You're in middle school. I was maybe you're I was probably in, middle in seventh school. grade. OK, could have been seventh grade. But yeah, we were very influenced by like Rancid and um, Bad Religion. Offspring. Offspring. Yeah. A lot of that like 90s, you know, sound. Very cool. Maybe you were in high school. I don't know. We got to get to the bottom of this. We'll do some research. I'm sure a lot of people. It's very memorable to a lot of people. <laughs> it happened in probably like 1995. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Speaking of bands, a great segue. Wow. We we asked uh we asked what you wanted to talk about, like what nostalgic thing you wanted to talk about. And basically you wanted to talk about one of your first concerts, but I'll kind of let you explain like the thing that you wanted to talk about because I don't wanna I want you to do it justice. Well, when you guys first approached me about this, I you know, well, I first you like- were like, no. First, I was like, speak up. I'm like, I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Talk louder. Yeah. And we were like, hey, we want you to do this. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> like, and you crowded. were like, you were like, that's absolutely, you were like, if I can't hear you, then I absolutely can't do this. <laughs> Doing what you can't explain, what, what what I can't hear. Yeah. And then you spoke up and I, and I said, was that so difficult? Yeah, you right. couldn't have started like that? Yeah. It was a lesson for us. Yeah. That was a good lesson. That was a good tip. Anyway. <laughs> When you guys uh, approached me, I was like, I thought the idea was like something physical. Like, do you have an old magazine from when you were a kid or a teenager? And I thought, I was like, oh, I do have something. There's something I saved. But then I was like, I feel bad because I'm like, I just don't want to always be doing like music stuff. Where You know, I didn't want to be like, hey, music. I I wanted to be like, (laughs) if I had something like it, you know, like an old magazine or something, I would have brought it. But a couple of things happened where I was like, I have a tour book from one of the first concerts I'd ever been to, but almost to the day, it's exactly 40 years old. And I still have it. I still have it. It's something I bought at a concert, a Devo concert. I saw them at Radio City Music Hall. Wow. And I bought merch. I was 14. And somehow in all the moving that I've done and like just all over the place, I've somehow... I don't even know how kept it. I, yeah. there are many things that just sort of fall away and somehow, and it's in really good condition. So I'm going to, Devo played for um, their, this album called New Traditionalists. And I think it might have been my second or third concert. And this is 1981. I, I don't know if you remember these days, but remember like you just didn't really have any money. So it wasn't like totally. now you go buy merch, you know, hey, I'll take that. Oh, that's funny. That's cute. I'll just take one of those, one of those. <laughs> but then it was like a big deal. Like, what am I going to get? And then, so I got this tour book. Whoa. So 1981 tour, Devo, New Traditionalists. And Devo was like really into like talking about what their 
mission statement was and stuff. Here's a picture of them. So Fred is showing us this very cool, very big tour. This is a big booklet. What's weird for me is that like it's 40 years old and that it's now it's an active memory. So right. it's like that's so many years. But I still remember it as like a modern show because they had synthesizers and like and they performed on conveyor belts. Wow. Like that they were like walking towards the audience the whole time. I don't know if it was the whole time, but for many of the songs, they would be like walking towards the audience. And to me, that like still feels very um, present, you know? Oh, I think, so this, this book I, I bought then, I must have carried it around with me, you know, brought it back to Long Island. And then here's some more stuff. Here's a pin, a metal pin that says New Traditionalist. And for those of you listening, the logo is an astronaut. It's like a 1950s, maybe a cosmonaut sort of very classic 50s looking astronaut that was like their logo for it a lot of um uh, roman motifs like roman columns and stuff and here's a sticker same thing like that was like their theme and i and the the look of it still seems cool to me i'm not saying that i'm cool I, i'm saying more like hey fred hey, it's my age no 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 i know i mean more like <laughs> i somehow this still works for me yeah as opposed yeah. to i don't think of it as like oh, what a dumb time, or I can't believe my hair looked that way. Like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I'm a little bit like, I would fully wear this astronaut sticker or, yeah. or pin or pin or whatever. There's this other thing that used to exist. I, I'm guessing it still exists now, but in New York, they had these record conventions. And you go, you go to the city, this one was at the pier, and there's just floors and floors of like people selling records. And one of the things they would sell was photos. You'd, so I went, and like, this is not during the concert. This is another time, whatever, months later. I went to this booth and they're like, photos of concerts. And I found a photo from the concert and I bought it. I don't know. I don't know if this exists today. We're like, can I have one of those? What, however much it was, I don't know, $6, $10. And here is what, so I have a photo from the concert and that's what it looked wow. like. Wow. That's them on conveyor belts. And also they have plastic hair. They have these like pompadours that they wore as their outfits. That's so crazy. I know, it's so crazy. Were a lot of people dressed up at the show since it was Halloween in the audience? Yes. Yeah. And I think they did two Halloween shows. And yes, people were dressed up, like all really crazy. And yeah, I mean, of course, people had Devo stuff on too. But it was a great show. They, I mean, it's a great venue. It was at Radio City Music Hall? Yeah. Wow. And that was, was that your first concert? One of your first concerts? One of my first. So I yeah. first concert was Adam and the Ants for Kings of the Wild Frontier. Then I can't quite remember. It might have been Devo or Talking Heads. Okay. Later, like The Clash and a couple other bands. Yeah. Speaking of The Clash, something like younger listeners might not realize they used to sell programs at concerts. And I lived for a while before he passed away with uh, Arturo Vega, who designed the Ramones logo. And right. I actually remember having him on a podcast or interviewing him. Um, and he had told me that he had basically come up with the idea of the concert t-shirts because everyone just sold programs at shows. And he designed the Ramones logo and was basically like, you guys should sell this shirt and it can pay for me to go on tour with you. And they, they were like, no one's going to buy a shirt for like a band logo on it. And then they did it. And then it sort of like became a thing. And now you don't really see programs, but you still see shirts, obviously. Yeah. And with the Ramones, it's kind of like it. 
or I don't know if that maybe became like their main, probably like their main source of income, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Not I that I know so. their finances, but like <laughs> now, but now you, that's like, that's what you see is like the shirt everywhere and logo everywhere. Yeah. So the, an amazing thing about the show you were at, so this is Halloween, Radio City Music Hall, 1981, that same night at 30 Rock, Fear Legendary performs on SNL. No way. Yeah, we weren't sure if you would know that. I thought you, we thought maybe you knew about that. I wasn't sure. In our research, we found that out. I, I mean, I knew about that show, but I didn't know that it was the same night. Yeah, you were just like down the street. Oh my <laughs> God. And what happened with Fear at SNL? They did. Well, I think John Belushi, he wasn't, John Belushi wasn't on the show anymore, but he convinced them to put Fear on. Like John Belushi got really into like hardcore punk. And he convinced them to put Fear on, and Fear might have played four songs or something. And what they did is they also brought in like an audience to like mosh and slam around in front of the band. So like people from DC came. I think Ian Mackay might have gone. Ian Mackay, like Henry Rollins, all of these like really, yeah, influential DC hardcore people who were all so young at the time. Yeah. And so like it wasn't like a regular you know, musical guest because it was like mayhem. Yeah. People like throwing each other around and it was just so like noisy. And I think it was like very much in the tradition of also John Belushi liked. Yeah. From what I gather. But um, yeah, so it was just one of those things that it wasn't like a regular musical performance. It was just craziness. Yeah, it's very hard to find footage of it. Um, but it's kind of become this legendary thing, especially, yeah. you know, in the punk community. And yeah, you were there that night. I mean, obviously Radio City just down the street. Right nearby. But then I'm a little bit like, I somehow I just wasn't punk enough. Like I went (laughs) to what I thought was like a punk thing to do. And I was like, nope, there's always one step punkier. You can always be more punk. To be fair, I think you have to be 16 to go to SNL. So you couldn't (laughs) have gone anyway. So you did the most punk thing you could have done at your age. Thank you. Of course. That's exactly right. I tried to get in. Yeah. And this isn't this isn't true for the record. This is not true. But I tried to get in and, and I was like, what? This is where I want to be. And they were like, you're too young. Go across the street, go to Radio City Music Hall and go see Devo instead. And I was like, okay. There it is. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with Fred Armisen. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Okay, and we're back with Fred Armisen, having the time of our lives. Now, Fred, we were just talking about your experience at this Devo concert, and it was obviously, it was on Halloween. Are you a big Halloween person? I love Halloween. I love how it looks like, I love seeing Halloween decorations on people's houses. It just, it's the time where I feel like people have the most sense of humor. Everyone's like being kind of funny and kind of, it is. It, it's working. Like you know, something really does make me laugh when I see like in my neighborhood right now. I've been seeing a lot of uh, skeletons in poses. Yes. Yeah. You know, sort of like like well made skeletons, and I love I love I love Halloween. I'm not a big like going to a Halloween party person. I don't really. Yeah. That's a little hectic, but I just love the colors of Halloween. I love how people decorate things and um yeah i love it do you guys like halloween yeah i think it's really fun i i remember when we were at snl halloween felt so it was like so not as fun because we were like in costumes all the time totally so it never felt like it was like people were so excited to dress up for it and it was like oh i'm in another costume every second or whatever but um (laughs) but yeah i i do like it i i've noticed living in la that like people will really go all out in a way that I didn't remember from New York, like in terms of like decorating their houses, like what you're talking about. And uh, I've talked about this on this podcast before. Sometimes I feel embarrassed for the people. Like if it's like, (laughs) I've told this story already, but like I was walking by this like mansion and this guy had like such a decorated house and he was like outside, like on a business call. And it just felt so (laughs) embarrassing to me that he's like, he's like, you know, what's the deal with this trade or whatever. And like, but like behind him is like a big like pumpkin and like, like like, it just to me is like slightly embarrassing, but also I like your attitude about it, that it is showing people's sense of humor. Jonah, do you like Halloween? I do. I, we got, um, yeah, I like, I live in like a very kind of residentially neighborhood now. So we, you know, I don't think we've ever given out candy. We re- I think this year we're going to try to give out candy. We get some pumpkins and we got a, a wreath. So I, yeah, I, I like it. But I think, Fred, I think we were thinking like, obviously, so people can't see you have this photo of the band, the cramps behind you who are yeah. kind of like, kind of like a spooky kind of band. I mean, do you, I, and I feel like me and Vanessa stayed at your place a long time ago when your old place is in Portland and yeah. there was a lot of um, kind of skull type art and stuff. I mean, are you are you sort of drawn to that kind of aesthetic in a way, do you think? I love it. I yeah. love like tombstones and bats and anything goth. I, I really, I just love it. I love, 
being surrounded by it. It's comforting. I like the colors of it. There's something like, there's also a sense of humor to it too. Like there's something, even though it's heavy, it's actually, it feels very light too. Like it feels kind of fun. So I gravitate towards it for sure. I have like little tombstones in my backyard. Wow. Little tombstones in your back. Like how, how little are we talking? Um, Sort of like a, I I don't have full size ones, but I asked the cemetery to make me some small ones. Um, So uh, meaning like, uh, I don't know, a quarter the size of a regular tombstone. Got it. Is is there anything written on them or they're just, just the shape? Ghost one, ghost two, ghost three, ghost four. (laughs) Wow. That's great. Now, are you... Okay, so you just like being surrounded by that stuff. Because I remember, too, there were some, like, holograms in your... I hope I'm not sharing too much about No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Fred has a hologram. We hope that's not too much for people to know about you, Fred. Don't steal it. There'd be, like, hologram things where, like, it looks like a person, and then, like, if you walk by it, they look scary. Yeah, I love it. It makes me happy. I got that at the Magic Castle. There was just, like, this, like, little merch area, and I was just, like, it's like these things where you pass by it and it's like, it looks like uh, a regular person and then it's Medusa. Like, rah! it's almost like lightning is hitting the, the picture or something. And it just makes me happy. I love it. Yeah. I, I wish I had more of it. Why do you think that is? I mean, it's okay if you don't know. I think it's that if I go back to my childhood, it's probably like the most I ever connected with my parents. We lived in Brazil for a while and they didn't have like as much of a, um, a network of Halloween costumes there. So my parents made me a Dracula costume. Like my dad made fangs and my mom's, you know, wow. sewed this cape and stuff. And I always really liked Dracula when I was a kid. And I think that it's like something that like brought my family together. Bonded like, you. Yeah. Yeah. More than, more than Christmas or more than any other holiday. That's the one that like was, it was all of us being actively doing something together. Yeah, I, I think that's what it comes from. That's so nice. I could see that being like, yeah, it takes you back to that time and like you have such fond memories of that kind of stuff. And that stuff is so fun. Like it is really, especially for a kid, but even for, it's like just, it's fun. It's also like, uh, it's it's not as corny as the other holidays. Like the other holidays, there's a sentimentality that I I, I understand and I agree with. and But there's like a little corniness to it. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Uh, I like the, the the sort of little bit. There's like an edginess to like, you know, a pumpkin. Even a pumpkin is, there's something about it that's like, it's just more imaginative or something. There's like fewer sparkles or something, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I agree. And I like you embracing your goth side because I feel like that's like a subculture that can be very easily mocked, kind of like ska or something, you know? It definitely has that quality to it, for yeah. sure. Did you ever like get into like dressing super goth when you were younger no, or anything like that? Never no. got. I dressed like a punk, but also yeah. I, I dressed like um, a suburban punk. Like when I see pictures of real punks from like London or like really from New York City, I'm from a suburb of New York. It's it definitely it's it's different. It's like a little. It's not as like dirty and aggressive, you know, or it's a little like admittedly like you know things that i bought i bought these pins you know right there, there's like a certain it's it's just very suburban yeah jonah probably had a similar look i had a similar well i just read um steve jones's biography yeah um 
And yeah, it seems to me like those British punks in the 70s, like all those, like Malcolm McLaren store, all that stuff, like it seemed like so much work getting to look that way. Like I felt like, especially as a teenager, I was just like lazy too. like, you know? Yeah. They were like having to get like safety, putting safety pin things together and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. You know what, you know what I was really into that is so teenagery and it almost also feels very eighties to me is dead babies. Like I had a pin (laughs) that was like a little baby doll, like a little teeny one with blood on it and a safety pin through it. And I pinned the baby like, what? It's a, you know, it's a dead baby. That was like the ultimate uh, expression of like, you know, I, I, I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Fred, did we go to an art exhibit with Steve Jones? We did. Is that you was did? Very crazy? Yeah. Vanessa, did. I don't think you ever told me this. I'm sure I did. I must have told you, yeah. Jonah. It was about, uh, it was about the, the fashion scene in London, the punk fashion scene in like 1976 and 77. And we went with Steve, who was like a huge part of it. Wow. Isn't that so crazy? (laughs) Fred was like, do you want to come with? I'm going with Steve Jones to see this thing at like MoMA or something. It was at... Where was it? Metropolitan Museum Maybe it was at the Met. Yeah. That's wild. How funny is that? That, What a rare thing to happen. It was so crazy that we did that. I just realized that when you mentioned him. Yeah. Did you see them on the reunion? I saw them in like 96 when the Filthy Lucre tour. I saw them on the other reunion tour, like early 2000s. But speaking of music, I want to get two in the weeds, but you actually performed with Devo in 2018. Is that is that true? Yeah. I played drums for uh, a show at a festival in Oakland. The way it happened was, I, you know, I've become friendly with Mark Mothersbaugh and I had tickets to go see this show. And he texted me and he was like, do you want to take the Devo challenge? And I was like, I guess it's a contest to see if like, you know, you could play a Devo song on the drums. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I thought it, I, and, uh, and I'm not making this up. That's really what I thought. I was like, I thought they're going to have all these different drummers and we'll just try doing these songs. And he meant, do you want to play a full set? <laughs> their, their drummer couldn't play that show. So I rehearsed with them. I rehearsed a lot. And I played this full show with them. I, it's something I cannot believe ever happened to wow. me. Wow. It was insane. It was insane. Were you thinking about that Halloween show oh, in 81? Yeah. yeah. Just in that, like, all of those songs I knew so well. Yeah. Without even having to think. Because if I was 14 then, it was, I didn't have to think about, well, how many parts does this go in for? Like, I just knew it. Did you tell them about that? All concert yeah all the time i like <laughs> yeah. and they're pretty good about reminiscing sometimes you when you, yeah when you meet heroes they you know they kind of don't want to talk about it too much but like they're really they have like they have a good memory and like they were like oh yeah they're like we that's the only time they got to you know sort of rise up from the bottom of the stage and and all that stuff they were telling i was like what happened to the treadmills and the um, yeah the, the, the roman columns and stuff it all got thrown out Wow. No way. They all got thrown out. They had it at some storage space and something moved. And then something happened where like it all just got tossed. And I, I was devastated. Ugh. At but least you got to see it, though. At least I got yeah. to see it. And, and then, I mean, in a way, it's it's devastating. And then it's kind of just the way that like movie and TV sets work anyway. You know, like, yeah, it's not like anything we've done on SNL. Like they've saved every one of those like, you know, 
right backgrounds they just paint over it or throw it out or whatever so yeah it's kind of show busy anyway that's okay yeah yeah how are you about sort of like reminiscing like if someone brings up like an old sketch you were in or an old portlandia thing like do you like talking about that or is, is it hard or how do you feel no i don't mind because i remember how people are with me like if i ask devo or bob mould or someone about their past the way that they're enthusiastic really I, i'm like that's really nice of them so I try to be, be more like that. But when I've met a few people who are like, I clearly don't want to be walked down memory lane. Uh, yeah. It's it's so awkward that um, I, I don't want to put someone else through that awkward, like, uh, I, I don't know. You know, like, I don't remember. I don't know. I'd rather just, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. they're sharing something with you. Also, like, the more the time goes on, I am really blown away that people remember that they enjoyed something Vanessa I don't know if you go through this but like now it's been enough years that like people will refer to your cast as like you know uh that's the cast that I grew up on yeah yeah they're a a little older and they're and so that's uh that's really interesting feeling yeah it's a crazy feeling especially being someone who grew up with a certain cast like remembering what that was like and being a kid and like watching SNL and yeah. Obviously, like Lauren would always say, like everyone's favorite cast is the one that they grew up with. Like, yeah, no, no matter what, like they'll be like they're the, they're not as good as they were like totally. <laughs> when I was growing up or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's so crazy. But would you say like I I feel like a lot of these bands that feel kind of nostalgic and like that you really loved when you were a kid, you've you've gotten to play with as an adult. That must be yeah. pretty incredible. One of the things that makes me happiest out of anything in my whole life, I can't believe it. I can't believe I was ever, you know, th- having gone to see these bands and then getting to know them as people er- and g- then getting to play music with them. Unbelievable. I, I can't believe it really makes me happy to be alive. That's it's it feels very complete. Yeah, that's really incredible. I don't mean to be gross about this, but like, what would you say are some of, of the highlights that come to your mind with uh, playing music with people? Yeah. There's three that are like the, the the most present tense one would be Bob Mould because I grew up on Husker Du as well. Yeah, I love them so much. And then I became friends with Bob Mould, and then I played recently some shows with him where I played guitar and sang with him. And the drummer of Husker Du was the was a singer as well, and he, and he died a couple of years ago. And so singing those parts is like I've sung those parts at, at home, you know, when I was growing up. So I would say that I would say Devo. It's in, that's incredible. And then one time I got to play with the Clash. Whoa. They were promoting wow. this box set that they were putting out and they didn't want to do too much press. So they did this sort of funny or die comedy, you know, this sort of comedy video. And I, as a character, got to play music with them. Uh, I cannot, a real, a real highlight. Steve Jones, probably playing with him. Clem Burke, my favorite drummer ever. I've gotten to play music with him. So and I think I saw you play with um like ten years ago or nine years ago you did that live Portlandia series yeah played with Hugh from the Stranglers I think Hugh Cornwell yeah yeah another hero of mine and really sweet guy and yeah that's another one getting getting to play music with him it was it's it's you know they're all up there but those are whatever the top five or something even like um Carrie Brownstein Sleater Kinney are my favorite band. And I don't take for granted, even though I'm friends with them now, I used to, or still do, love Sleater Kinney so much. 
that doing anything with Carrie, even though, you know, like when we're doing a sketch, it, it, we're sort of in it. There's still a part of me that's like, I cannot believe I get to do, I get to work with, with Carrie. That's so nice. Oh, man. I love that. Carrie's so great. She's the greatest. Yeah. I love the her. The greatest. So, yeah. I, and I love that band endlessly. You know, all these years I've been saying Slater Kinney. So. I still don't know which is correct. Like, <laughs> I say Slater Kinney, and then I hear people saying Slater Kinney. I, I mean, I just try to say it fast enough that no one notices. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, Slater Kinney. Slater Kinney. <laughs> Slater Kinney. Yeah, yeah. You want to go see Slater Kinney? And then I'm, as long as you go down, you know, that. Do you know what um <laughs> Do you know what Jonah's first concert was? Oh, this is good. I see this I don't know. But I'm going to try to guess. Yeah, try Jonah's and guess. First concert. First concerts are weird cuz they're not always like you know they're not always like you you know the it's, your first favorite band. It's always like right. oh I ended up at you know this this show. You're right cuz sometimes your parents can take you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But now what, what year and what city? So it's 1990. 1990. Um, so I'm like around 11 or 12, 11, something like that. And it's Cleveland, Ohio. I'll, you, I'm, I'm going to do, my, I'll do my top three because they, they're a good kind of book bench. I don't oh, know so, what the but, word is. So you're, you might give it away though, Jonah. No, I'm not. I'm going to have, oh, you're Fred, saying Fred, you can, can guess ask- it. Guess any, any of, of your first three. Okay. My first three, yeah. Okay. But not, from like 1990 to 91 or something in Cleveland. 90 to 91 in Cleveland. So that means like probably it was a pretty big band. So I'm going to just start. I don't think this was it, but I'm going to do with two arena bands because I'm going to maybe just ended up in an arena. Just for, I'm just going to throw out you two. Okay. Then I'm going to do. God, I so badly want to say Nine Inch Nails. I'm going to say it. I already said it. Nine Inch Nails. And then uh, I'm going to do the Goo Goo Dolls. Okay. All good guesses. I want to give you one clue. Yeah. Um, One of these concerts, the musician is very well known for being a drummer. Oh, did you go? Was it Nirvana? No. I think this is a little before that, like a little... This is pretty Nirvana, I think. Yeah, G- Genesis. Yes. So you my got first it. first concert is Phil Collins, but seriously, second concert, Genesis. We can't dance tour, and then third concert, Guns and Roses. Use your illusion tour. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I wow. also did see Nine Inch Nails pretty early on. Pretty early. Oh, you on. did? Okay, okay. Yeah, I saw them. I think on the yeah yeah really early on. Oh, I didn't Who- know that. Who knows if like maybe we've already talked about it, like maybe it was in some conversation, but I feel like first concerts are in that zone of like, it, it's it's such a, it's like at an arena. It's just like, that's just how it is. Yes. Yes. But were you, I mean, as a drummer, were you kind of a, a Phil Collins fan or was, cause I know he's kind of a divisive singer. Obviously he's not a lot in common with the punk. Everyone's, um, I think come around with him. Yeah. Like I, all I hear from drummers and music people is that he's great. And I agree. All of that stuff, anything negative, is just when someone's really popular, everyone always is like, they, they'll complain about them. Right. But um, his legacy has aged well, I think. I think yeah. everyone is like, that's pretty cool that he's a drummer who sang and had tons of hits. And then when you hear the songs, you're like, this is, this is well written and well played. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. I saw Nine Snails in 95, and you know who opened up was the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. Do you remember oh that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Vanessa, do you know what this is? No, because my first through third concerts were Lilith Fair, Lilith Fair, and Lilith Fair. So <laughs> were they really? Yeah. So who was on it? Was it Sarah McLaughlin? <laughs> it was Sarah McLaughlin, Tori Amos, who's my favorite. Victoria Williams. Williams. This is great. Jonah took me. Well, so I went with Jonah and um, yeah, Victoria Williams. Who else was there? I think maybe Fiona Apple. Oh, that sounds right. Probably. Um, yeah. It was There, there was my like dream. so many people. Yeah. And Jonah had his first cappuccino. Yeah, I had my oh. first cappuccino there. So that was From a, big... a cappuccino machine. Yeah. <laughs> it was huge. <laughs> yeah, he won tickets on the radio for us. I wish they had some more Lilith Ferris. I know they tried to bring it back, right? Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, I can't remember. They've done Lollapalooza. Why not bring back Willow? I think they tried and they had a problem with the funding, but maybe after this podcast, there'll be like a lot more people interested in bringing it back. Yeah. Wait, really quick. I want to tell you the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow was like. like a guy would like lift like a cinder block with like chains attached to his nipples and stuff. It was like yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. this like no, I way remember it like circus kind of like <laughs> crazy freaky show. And it was like they just performed as if they were a band or something. They just would introduce a guy who's like whole body was tattooed and you would kind yeah. of like stand there. <laughs> it was really at the time I thought it was insane. I was like 15 years old or something. But that's a good opening act. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea that it's not a band, you know? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa, this does not sound like yeah. the kind of thing you would be into. Yeah. I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back uh, right after this. Garbage.com. Order your own garbage truck to come and pick up your garbage. It's easy. Anywhere. You know, yeah. Anywhere you want. Simple. Use code GETWEIRD. Garbage.com. Let them take your garbage. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. So, Fred, now that we're back from the commercial for garbage.com, yeah. which probably is a real thing, I- We'd like to play a game with you that we call Back to the Present. Joan and Vanessa, we've got to go back to the present! So the name of this game is obviously a hilarious take on the nostalgic Back to the Future film franchise. In this segment, we're each going to say something from our childhood that we wish would come back. So to give you a little time to think, we're going to go first. And just remember, there's no wrong answers. This is something we wish would come back. Yeah, like from your childhood. All right. Yeah. So, Jonah, I'm going to start with you. What, what do you wish would come back from childhood? Well, I was thinking about like childhood toys I had, and I had a toy that was the Noid, which was a Domino's Pizza cartoony kind of claymation character. Fred, do you remember that? The Noid? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, very the Noid. Famous. Very famous. And I had like one, he had like suction cups on his hands so you could like stick them like in the car window. And yeah, the Noid was created in the 80s by Domino's. He was clad in a red skin-tight rabbit-eared bodysuit with an N with a white circle on his chest. A black N with a white, within a white circle on his chest that was kind of okay, like the just Noid. Just got to get that clear, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to really paint a picture here. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, Wikipedia says he was the Noid was a physical manifestation of all the challenges inherited in getting a pizza delivered in 30 minutes or less. Though persistent, his efforts were repeatedly thwarted. So it was like, avoid the Noid was like the, the phrase. And so... Yeah, what does that mean? It means, does the Noid try and get in the way of the pizza delivery? I think so. <laughs> okay. Fred, do you remember? I bet they came up with that slogan first and yeah. then figured out that ex- it, it just worked too well. And they yeah. were like, well, I don't know. Just we'll say that he's, you know, getting in the way of deliveries or something. Yeah. Yeah, but he was. This was a, a super popular. It was created by the same people, I guess, that made the California Raisins. Whoa! So it had that similar claymationy uh, vibe. Um, that was a successful company. Very successful company. Um, and in 1988, a Saturday morning cartoon series called "The Noise" was planned by CBS, but that was scrapped amid complaints that it was merely an advertising ploy and not a show for children. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I guess it's true, but I guess, you know, where do you draw the line, right? That's like a whole other podcast. Well, it's funny that they got like to a certain, like they got so far just like having it be an advertising play. And then finally CBS is like, you guys, you can't make this into a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't just make a half hour long commercial and call it a cartoon, <laughs> yeah. basically. Like, I wonder if it was just like, I'm going to block everybody from getting delicious pizza from Domino's available in five different flavors, you know. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, we can cut that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, the darker side, basically the annoyed kind of was super popular. He was in a bunch of video games. They had this 
commercial cartoon thing planned. And then um, kind of something sad happened with a guy whose last name was Noid, who had some mental health issues, uh, entered a, a Domino's in 1989 and basically held these people hostage and demand, demanded ransom. And then um, he thought the he thought the ad campaign was a personal attack. On yeah, him. he thought the ad oh, campaign was a wow. personal attack. Yeah. yeah. And I think he had yeah some some mental health issues and um, he thought that the owner of Domino's had stolen his name. And he demanded $100,000 and a white limousine as his getaway. All this stuff happened. Everyone ended up being okay. This guy, unfortunately, passed away shortly afterwards. And then um, because of this kind of like high profile crime, um, a lot of people speculate that that kind of caused Domino's to discontinue using the Noid in their advertising. It just was sort of like now associated with this kind of thing. So then fast forward to April 2021, I guess. The Noid has made some appearances in, in some social media sites for Domino's, and they confirmed uh, last year that he's going to be in this Crash Bandicoot video game. So I think they're sort of bringing the Noid back. I think enough time has passed since this, this kind of tragic event happened, but um, I never knew about that. I just you know remember seeing the Noid everywhere, and now not seeing seeing him, and now I guess he's coming back. So I guess my wish is coming, but I don't it's, think it, yeah, uh, it's coming true. I guess it's Your coming wish? true, but yeah. but I don't think it's going to be. I can't imagine like I was thinking about this. Like I can't imagine another corporate like character like entering the public. Con- it just seems like there's so much more stuff now. Then it just seemed like there were less things to get your attention, you know, or less advertising, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know where I'd see the Noid. I guess like on Google or where do, where do people, where would you see an ad? Yeah. For, I mean, you're right. There's so many more cartoons and so many more things and product branded thing. I mean, it's, it's a much more garbage.com. I mean, yeah, there's all kinds <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I guess mine kind of came true, but Vanessa, what would you like to bring back to the present? Well, you know, I was thinking, is there a food? Is there a toy? Is there a, you know, show? And I was thinking in honor of our really musically inclined guest and my musically inclined, I mean, talented in music and something like that. I would love to bring back my favorite band from when I was a kid, which was the band Vixen. They were an American rock band formed in St. Paul, Minnesota in 1980 they had this song, Edge of a Broken Heart, which was my favorite song as a kid, which is, I just really loved it. I, I They also had the song, Crying, which was pretty popular. I really was so into them because they were like a female hair band in the 80s. And, you know, they were, I think that they were... They were on MTV. I think they played them on MTV. Oh, yeah. yeah, they played them on Big MTV time. for sure. They were produced or something by... Um, Richard Marks. And if you watch the Edge of a Broken Heart video, Richard Marks appears in it. And they also had the Edge of a Broken Heart video was like, it was like one of those videos where it kind of like shows the band like on the road in black and white, which was maybe a thing that Guns N' Roses kind of started where like, they're just like, you just see them and they're kind of like touring and they're just like hanging out and you're like, they're so cool. Journey did it too. Also, oh yeah, yeah, and th- but and they also like they just had seeing like a hair band with women was I'm not trying to say like their hair was cooler, but sorry, like they just like looked so cool to me, and I just like loved them, and so I would love for them to come back. Now it sounds like I was doing some research on them. It seems like they have come back in a few different iterations, and their lead guitarist. Jan, I don't want to pronounce her last name incorrectly, but she actually passed away, which mm. was really sad. She passed away. 
Yeah, in t- 2013. Um, and then, you know, the band, the, the band was kind of getting together. I think she had, we don't need to get into the, basically she had like, they had tried to continue as Vixen and she kind of like sued them for the name, I think. And anyways, they, they, they all, I think they were all, I'd like to think on good terms, but they are, I'm not doing a great job, you guys, of, of going through their, their history, but basically they do have an upcoming album that had a tentative 2020 release date, um, but it was delayed due to COVID. But if it comes out, it will become Vixen's first album of new studio material in more than a decade. And so I'm I'm really hoping, you know, there's some new members in there and everything. Lorraine Lewis of Femme Fatale is in there now and stuff. But I just really hope that they do release this new album because I was such a huge fan of theirs and they were just an incredible band. And I just thought that they were the coolest. They were kind of like... um I mean, I loved Heart too, but they were almost like an edgier Heart in some ways. I feel like like Heart meets Poison or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that is no burn to Heart because I love Heart. Fred, do you have any memories of Vixen? Just from MTV, and they, I felt like they had um, like the record company was really behind them. I do remember yeah. it was very like you know this is happening now. Like it, it seemed like a high budget video. Yeah, that's definitely worth revisiting it'd be nice to see them come back at least on maybe on some tour where there's a bunch of hair bands yeah 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 it'd be really cool one of my former editors i think i can't remember maybe at revolver i think him hit tom bujor and this guy richard beinstock wrote a book earlier this year that called nothing but a good time that's uh Mm. an oral history of the 80s glam scene and it's the vixen is interviewed in it the remaining members are in it they interviewed like 500 people and what's crazy is that like almost every one of these bands are still together with like zero to one to two original members but it's really interesting to hear about that era from from the people in the bands because the way they're marketed them going on these tours like it's it's just um just a time that will never be replicated and seems very specific to like a location i always associate it with LA. I'm, yeah. I'm, I know it existed everywhere, but for some reason, I really associate it with No, that. I think I think a lot of the bands are from LA, or if they weren't from LA, they went to LA. Yeah, they ended up yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. So Fred, now it's your turn, and again, no wrong answers. I have two thoughts. Okay. Great, even better. I have two thoughts, but I, 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 want, I don't know which one to pick. You can tell us both. Do them both. One is the trade of posters. Like there was a time where I would go to the store and you'd look through these like posters, like they'd be like in this rack and then it's like, okay, a 17. So I'd like go down and pick a rolled up poster. Like, Oh, here it is. And I don't know if that exists now anymore, but I, that's something that I, I just, that was like a, you know, I don't know. There's something about such that. a thing. That was yeah. such a thing with posters. Like, I yep. feel like Jonah would be like in Coventry or something, and you'd go to like those. Oh yeah, all those music stores or whatever, and they just have those like yeah, like those racks, and you just like flip through. Does that yeah, those big do things? They, yeah, yeah. Do they still have those? Like, I, I think I they don't. don't. I've never I don't seen think one. They do. And it was very official. It wasn't just like any picture of right. any band. It was very like. This is the official poster for, you know, whatever. So Yeah. Jonah, you had s- your whole room was those posters. My room was covered. And I worked at a record store, so I had a lot of promotional posters I would take. 
Fred, I don't know, did you go to college? Yeah, School of Visual Arts in New York. That makes perfect sense. So I don't know if they did this at SVA, but they, when I was in college, people would come to the school and like set up in the common area, like a poster sale. Yeah. <laughs> so they would do that. And yeah. I had some friends yeah. after college who were like, we're going to work for the poster. I went to school in Ithaca, New York. They're like, we're going to work for this poster store, like beyond the yeah. wall or some kind of yeah. weird name. And they drove around in a van selling posters at colleges. Like, I guess they set up with the college. And one of my friends got, I think, arrested because they went, they set up the posters and then they stole a piano <laughs> from college. What? They stole, a, I won't give any names, but these people were working for this poster store. They set up the posters. They saw there was a piano there. These are like guys I knew from like the music scene. They they took the piano, somehow got it into their truck, and then they came back the next day because they had a second day of the poster sale, and they pulled in, <laughs> and there were cops waiting for them. They were like, we have on video that you stole this piano from our school, and now you're in trouble. Yeah. No wow. stealing pianos, guys. You can't, it's tough. It's You're going to steal something. A piano is tough it's to pull off. It's a huge thing to try and hide. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also very gettable. You can, I think you could find a decent piano for like not that much money just yeah. because people want to get rid of them if they need to an estate sale. I'm like, totally guys, it, it maybe it's 200 bucks. You could find one. Yeah. yeah. I think our parents have a piano in the basement that they probably need to get rid of. I yeah. think that they di- did finally just get rid of it. And they I did. think they, um, they donated it somewhere or something. And I think they, <laughs> yeah. They kept asking if we wanted it. And I was like, I can't, how do I get it yeah, up they here? Asked where do me I put too. it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, know. I didn't know where to, I think that the piano was really much more, I think we thought it was a really incredible piano and maybe in, you know, later years it didn't hold up or something, but I think mom ended up using <laughs> my name <laughs> to try and get them to take it. Got it. Oh, and like they, this piano has been played by Vanessa Bayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Wow. Yeah. I could see that working. So yeah. not a big deal, but guess what? She could have said Jonah Bear too, okay? That's right, Jonah. <laughs> okay, Jonah. <laughs> Thank you. Buddy. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, both of you. <laughs> You're a good piano player. You're a good piano player and a good uh, person. Yeah. This is going to sound, <laughs> you know, maybe a little condescending, but I think you're my favorite piano You're, player. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm someone I like playing piano more than you. You're number one. Yeah. Well, thank you both, Fred. What What is your second? Your second? I, I kind of want to stick with that first one. Okay, I that, that was went, a great I one. That, that I thought was, that went okay. It no, went really well. I would well. like to hear what the second one is. I I'm w- so I, sorry. I, just, just. I don't just, know. I'll, I'll make it quick. Okay. I don't know the world of toys right now, but when I was a kid, toys like if you had an action figure, it had a world around it. I'm not talking Legos. I'm talking like whatever the action figure was. There was like the van. And the headquarters and like all these things you can get for it. And I don't know if that exists right now. I don't know if you go to a toy store, if there is a whatever, I don't know, Game of Thrones. And then there's like a mountain and then like all the things around that. But I don't know if that exists anymore where you can get the whole. I think only in in Legos it does. But yeah, that's the other thing. Well, we heard from another podcast. We know that micro machines are coming back and they have a super vans world. Like they have like a world with them, which is why people love micro machines. Do you remember micro machines with a guy talking really fast? Yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Has there ever been a Fred Armisen action figure with all the stuff you've been in? I I don't think I I mean, the closest would be (laughs) the Smurfs. Like when the whatever new version came out, there were like new smurf you know, yeah, you figure, were smurf. figurines but 
you know, I, that doesn't count in that, like, that's a Smurf. It's not, you know, it, it had no resemblance to me. So no. So I would say no. I think that does count because was it your the Smurf that you were? Yeah, but... It, You're being modest. That is you, know. you I'll, I'll, isn't it? Maybe, how about 25%? Uh, let's say it's 25% okay. in the timing of like when it came out. Yeah, yeah. I think it counts. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Smurfs would be a great one for us to do in the future too because we loved the Smurfs growing up. Oh, yeah. I mean, who didn't? Who didn't? Who didn't? Seriously. Yeah. Well, Fred, thank you so much for coming by. That was so amazing. Um, well, it was thoughts. exhausting. You know, I, I'm <laughs> trying to like have this day. Have you live your life. Yeah. And, you know, to pause everything. Yeah. To have right. to talk to us. And we you know it. what's going to happen after you're going to want a part two and a part three. And I'm right, like, right, guys, right. Guys. Yeah. You know, yes. first and of all, speak it, up. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, that's our first mistake, right? Just yeah. like be present, speak up, all of that kind of stuff. I yeah. totally get it. We were joking and I love you guys and I'm glad I got to do this. I, I'm glad I got to hear about your childhood as well. Yeah, it was fun listening, hearing about yours. Yeah, super fun. And thanks again to Fred for coming by. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Do We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural milestones, such as our first concerts. Yeah. And garbage.com, one click, but collect your garbage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> saves you money, time, and saves the planet. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 